This Black Friday, let Alexandria take care of you. The brand new Amazonian Alexandria with person-to-person voice recognition, a cute voice relay, and a whole new slew of new voice options. Now only $19.99 for purchase of two or more. Connect the whole family wherever you go. Hey Alexandria, tell me a story. Jeffrey Beesbo's here. Alright, let's get this legal stuff out of the way. The following is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Names, characters, businesses, places, and incidents are either products of the Dungeon Master's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. My lawyers have instructed me to say that any resemblances to actual persons living or dead or any actual events are purely coincidental. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. You might be wondering how we got here. There are two known ways to and from the Outlands. One is to go to the border regions of Phaeton, and that's like kind of the more dangerous way to go. And and that that has been a, a thing that especially the investigation, like the higher level investigation uh, bureau members have been sent out to task to find the, the reaches of uh, like where kind of Phaeton ends and where the Outlands begin and see how what justifies those borders. Um, And then there's one, and this is where you'll get this last kind of tasty nugget of information from this part. Uh, There's one like well-known, established, well-guarded area and it's called the Gate. And that is like a very strong centralized border. It's on the back regions of the Fey Kingdom, but it's heavily guarded and there's one outlander that protects it. And that is because it is Michael Mouse. Maybe it's because you haven't tried to learn, Julie. You're the investigations team. Why don't you investigate some of the society you work for? What do you think I'm doing right now? Being an asshole. And you guys eventually Um. (laughs) come back awake and you all are in a kind of, well, Julie and Wes, you are in a familiar situation. Nelson, this is kind of a strange one for you. You guys are in this room. It's kind of a longer room. And you guys are kind of sitting at this table and you all are handcuffed to this table you guys uh eventually all exit out of this room um and you hear investigation team you're late what am i doing okay so you're you're doing you're looking for yourself now yeah they are talking about constructing they're talking about creating they're talking about fixing something either your father is planning on experimenting on you just from like your perspective or he made a clone of you or something along those lines you cannot tell 19 uh you discover that the coal mine and the people running the coal mine were secretly fracking we call that we call that into the standard authorities and that is uh, but it does then weigh on you that these earth elementals were innocent and that you... Uh, no, it does not uh, weigh on me. Of... Okay. Well, apparently Julie has no conscience.
Okay. So it's late November now. Thanksgiving just happened. You guys just got back from your like Thanksgiving reprieve. Julie's mom's still alive. Julie's mom's still alive. She's, uh, I mean, her health is starting to kind of decline a little bit, but she's still, she's still strong. But, um, you guys get word from like, not the higher ups, but kind of the people who've been in the bureau a little bit longer that things usually pick up really, really like a lot for some reason around Christmas and then just kind of drop off almost instantly. So you guys think that your next mission will probably be your last It'll be Christmas related. Yeah, who knows? Check out our um, Christmas special. What's cracking on the <laughs> YMBW feed? Exactly. DM'd by like... yours truly. <laughs> um, but um, the kind of yearly address is given again. It's kind of given every year by the head of the council, which is the enchantment chair. You guys are all kind of piled into this big auditorium. Dear members of the Society of the Weird and Terrifying. We have had a momentous year, and we have grown and shared ourselves in this endeavor. We have fought outlanders. We have protected Phaeton and Gaia alike. But we have much more work to do. We were very close this year in capturing the Reaper, and I only think that next year will be even more fortuitous. So, for this time and for the next time and forever, society be well and congratulations on another momentous year. And everybody kind of claps and cheers and all that stuff. And then uh, Beesbos kind of takes the stage for a moment. Great. He goes, everyone, I have an announcement. I would like to thank everyone for their hard work. And I have been working on a lot of different projects to help out with the society. One of which I think will be quite helpful with our communication across different parties and different groups in the society. I have made quite a few advancements to the Amazonian Alexandria. And I think that these now being provided to each of you and kind of see him do a flourish and suddenly drones kind of fly in and drop Amazonian Alexandria little boxes on each of you will help you tremendously. So use them. And he kind of, everybody kind of cheers and some ooh, some ah, some kind of roll their eyes. Uh, But now everybody has these Amazonian Alexandrias. No, Um, I I do not allow them in our office. Okay. Nelson Uh, hides his. (laughs) Nelson's going to use his. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Uh, they give you a plus two to technology checks when using them. So I guess Nelson make a uh, sleight of hand check. Mm-hmm. Nelson's young. He doesn't know about the wonders of using a VPN. Sleight of hand. Hey, you want to sponsor us? Uh, Express VPN or someone? Nord VPN? Hit us up. Natural 20? Unnatural 20. Unnatural 20? Okay. Yeah, you... you Hide it pretty well. Uh, whenever you want to make a tech check using this uh, Amazonian Alexandria, you'll have a plus two. Okay. Uh, the other two, uh, you see them toss them in the garbo. Yes. I'm scavenge those two and harvest no, them. No, I want to sell it. Oh, you want to sell it? Okay. Oh. Oh, that's uh, a good point. Yeah, I'm going to hmm, do that. That's interesting. Who are you selling it to? <laughs> Is there anyone else in SWAT who wants like one for their home? It's been kind of advised that you don't take it out of SWAT because it still does contain SWAT information. It's still tied to the SWAT network. But um, you could probably hawk it. Uh, make a persuasion check. Okay. You could sell it on Phaeton. They love that shit. Who? Eleven. Eleven? Yeah, find somebody who's willing to take it off your hands for like a hundred bucks. Sold. Wes, what are you doing with yours? Trash. Trash. Garbage. Done. That Nelson, that Nelson grabs, grabs in and, and uses for parts. for the parts. Set- for this instance, I will say that you have the components to make uh, some kind of technomantic focus. Red. So be that as it may. Eventually, you guys are kind of working in your office, kind of filing away the paperwork from your past adventures. And you get a missive. 
and it's from Oliver. Hey, it's me, Oliver. How we doing today? Stop, stop, stop this now. <laughs> hey, don't shoot the messenger. Hey, it's your man Oliver here. I'm gonna fucking scream. <laughs> Uh, you guys Wait, have who's Oliver? Huh? Yeah, Oliver who's Oliver? Is, he sounds like a he is like, a he's a rotund no. He's got a different <laughs> accent. Uh, he's a rotund amphibious kind of creature. He is the kind of messenger kind of throughout SWAT. You guys have seen him before. He didn't necessarily give you guys your messages from before. They were kind of just teleported to you. But now, because you're in the bureau, you're kind of given that person face thing. And he's kind of delivered your message. Oliver's kind of a cool guy. You know, he's very chill. He's kind of, he's very, uh, very boomer. I don't know. <laughs> he's just very, he's very a guy, you know. Um, but he goes, hey, um, I got a message from uh, your, your next mission here. What is it? Uh, apparently there's like a favor being owed or something and uh, they, they've finally come to an agreement between the council and uh, the dwarf kingdom and it's going to be your job to make good on that. The diplomatic team's already negotiated it so all you guys got to do is uh, follow whatever missive they uh, they tell you. And he kind of hands over this Wasn't that Cash's folder. thing though? So because of TJ being sold into slavery, the society yeah. then took on that debt. But because you guys were part of the mission, you were chosen. They decided that we're the ones who have to. Be no, no, no. They they negotiated what the debt was going to be with the Dwarven Kingdom, and then uh, they have decided. It, and now all is your job is to find the item that will pay off the debt, and it will be revealed to you as soon as you open your fucking missive. Fine, I open, open it. it. <laughs> Jesus. Ooh, paper cut. Uh, ooh, paper cut. Ooh, 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 you take six points of slashing damage. <laughs> no. Um, Noted. <laughs> the missive reads essentially coming from the council itself that you all are to recover this ancient ale that is uh, the Dwarven King is very, very fond of. Oh, yeah. I remember this from the Mona yes, Lisa thing. It was this, this is the Mona Lisa. Yes, exactly. Uh, you guys were eventually were going to trade it for a favor from the Dwarf King. Now it's just paying off this debt. They say they have a map for it and that the map has been uh, recovered, but there is some parts missing to it that you will need to find just doing some investigating throughout the... There's a, apparently a rumor that there is a another set of people who also want to go on a quest uh, of the similar sorts who want to get this favor from the Dwarven King. And have another part of the map. Oh, yeah. Okay. Quest time. You Quest. all are told to report to the enchantment chair's office to retrieve oh. uh, that portion oh. of the map. Um, I'll, okay, go, I'll we... go and do it. Okay. Oh, thank you, Julie. <laughs> I can go if you want. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, he doesn't hate Nelson. He only hates me. Yeah. I mean, I'll just go with you. Okay. Yeah. Nelson, you can come with me. Okay. You all uh, make your way to the enchantment chair's office. Uh, you go up to his secretary. The secretary goes, oh, hello there. I hear you are here to pick up a certain package from the enchantment chair. Who would like to speak to you first? Don't call it a package. <laughs> You're not there. Damn it. I forgot. <laughs> you guys walk back behind uh, to the enchantment chair's office. The enchantment chair. His office is very sleek, very sheen uh, a lot of um antique furniture uh but it, it's very can, clean can you tell and pristine. me his name because i don't know i i don't know his name. you don't know his name it's on the asked it yes but i imagine it would have been signed what's the name on the wall on the door say enchantment chair he prefers to be called his title which is the enchantment chair he's very proper Bitch. very yes he is very ups he's the very classical high elf stereotypes um, are there for a reason Whoop. yes exactly Yes, you walk into his office. He says, ah, hello there. Um, what is your name again? Julie Davenport, sir. Ah, yes, Julie Davenport. Um, what did, ah, yes, okay, here we go. 
He uh, hands you over a small manila envelope. He says, now do be careful. We have quite a tie with the Dwarven Kingdom, and it's a very turbulent time for them. So be careful with making sure that you do not cause any more disturbances I know of your past records. Understood, sir. Is there anything else we should know? That is your job, but I can tell you that just don't cause any trouble, and there shouldn't be any trouble caused to you. I'm going to nod and leave. Okay. Receive the manila envelope, and you leave. You guys uh, eventually kind of reconvene, and um, I'm assuming that you guys want to take a trip into the spirit realm to learn a little bit more about your mission. Let's bounce, baby. Yes. Give me... I got to get into the accent, but yes. Let's boogie. Okay. No. You all, uh, Julie, you don't go? Nope. Okay. That can kind of actually explain, uh, because of the way we're going to do the spirit realm, I'm just going to do the ones that like you guys would have done in between all these other missions too. That kind of explains why Julie is kind of underperformed. Over these past few months, Julie, you've, hear, you've heard a couple whispers here and there, and your dreams have kind of started to get a little bit more vivid. I don't like that. And it's kind of, it's 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 mainly like, childhood memory dreams but they're kind of twisted in a way and it's kind of it's very strange and the whispers have been kind of telling you things to do that you kind of just ignore or things that like kind of would go about that so now we did ask julie to let us know if the voices say anything okay did she talk to us well have the voices spoken to me when i'm not asleep no it's usually when you're asleep or when you're about to go to bed something somewhere around then what are they saying to me? Before your mission out to uh, Bajio, it was something along the lines of just keep your eyes open. Um, another one was like for the earth elemental thing was like. Don't it, kill it anyone. Actually, yeah, it actually said like, like it tried to stop you, but you just kind of brush it off. And then during the doppelganger thing, it tried to actually fight off the kind of effect of the uh, hunt. That was uh, that kind of thing that was kind of happening in there, too. So I don't know if that in- changes anything for you. But so you all go to Llama. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's boogie. What is Julie during doing? Dur- it does. Does Julie like go with them to the. No. No. What does she do? She's going to go see Lacuna. Ooh. OK. All right. Interesting. OK. Let's do this because it would be weird to split this into the spirit realm arc. So let's do that scene. And then we'll go into the, the spirit realm together. All right. You request to see Lacuna. I want to bring yarn with me, please. Okay. You you kind of bring a, a thing of, of yarn. You you talk to the guards. The guard kind of questions you for a minute and kind of like looks you over because you you first told him that she shouldn't be trusted. And he goes, um, I'm just going to make sure that you are protected. I'm going to have extra guards there. I understand that you are an investigations member and this could be part of your investigations. I will not question it further, but I will make sure that there are plenty of men there. Are you fine with it being a public deal? Yes. Fine by me then. Uh, he takes a couple extra guards. There are like five guards with you now at this point. Jesus. Um, you take this yarn and you walk You walk for about two hours through this prison and eventually you come to Lacuna cell and she just looks up at you and kind of gives you a... Not a snarl, but just kind of like a rolls her eyes at you and goes, Julie, is there something that I did? Because I don't remember being treated this What do you badly. want? I only wanted to talk. Okay, and I'm here, so start talking. She kind of gets up and stretches. And you can see, like, 
her threads, like her cell, has kind of definitely been downgraded to like a more simple one. She was given like a lot of like nice items and stuff for her cell, making it almost a home. And now she's kind of gone back to this kind of standard cell. She goes, I don't know what it is, but something is weighing on me and my friend. And I just wanted to know, how are you doing? That doesn't concern you. She kind of uh, shakes her head and she says, Not you. I don't know how you managed to reach me through that veil, but I hope the power that I gave you... What veil? She kind of smiles and she says, Julie, wait your turn. I am having a conversation. She goes... You have to make sense first. (laughs) Make a perception check. (laughs) Five. Five? You don't know what she's talking about, but she continues and goes, I don't know what your purpose is, but I think you might have the same fate as all of us together. And then you hear a whisper coming from inside of your head that says, she's not talking to you. She's talking to me. I'm going to snarl at her. Stop that! The guards kind of actually uh, kind of make a move in towards the cell. And she says, I'm not doing anything. As you can tell, there is. And she kind of motions to the general area. There is anti-magic all around. And the the guard kind of behind you says, yes, uh, the the fields still seem to be active. Julie, is there something wrong? Can you take a step back, please? The guards, the, the guard kind of goes, um, what are you about to do? Ask her a question. They all take, like, one step back, but still, like, kind of at the ready. What is this lacuna? Don't ask me. I am. Ask her. I don't know who you're talking about. Maybe you might want to look inward for a change. It seems that you don't like to talk to yourself all that much. find that, especially over the later years of your life, you can be your own best friend. What do you want? Do I need to send you home? Is that it? I only want the creature that brought me here to be destroyed. I'm working on it. Then that is all. Then leave me alone and get out of my head. (laughs) She kind of chuckles again and she says, You're not understanding, Julie. I am not in your head. Nor is my companion, nor is any other being besides you. But not you. And then she says, you. And she kind of looks at you. It's very confusing. I'm I'm staring at her. Roll a d6. Oh no! Here, uh, I can. Uh, oh, I can catch blindness on a creature. You kind of enraged. Your eyes kind of flash again, and you see her kind of close her eyes and kind of shake her head. And she says, "Now, now, Julie. No need to get angry, and no need to use her against me. Wait a second. How are you able to do that in this anti?" 
you are more curious than I thought. And you take four points of psychic damage. And she goes, her eyes are now just closed now. You see like a darkness go over her eyes. She, she was blinded. And she goes, Julie, there is no more time for games. Something tells me that. And she kind of looks down the hall. And you kind of like realize for a second that you're kind of close to Bob's cell. And she goes, Bob. yes, Bob, the security guard. She goes, something tells me that things are beginning to rile up in a strange way. And she kind of goes back to her thing and she says, I will take that yawn, though, if you do not mind. I want to say to the head guard, I want to, like, step away so Lacuna can't hear me. And I want to say to the head guard, she can have this yarn and you can move her back up to the cell she was in. Why exactly? I'm going to need a report on this. I can't just be moving I understand. personnel back and forth. If, then, you, if then you're willing don't, to Then up- don't bother moving her. Let's keep her here then. Oh, right, that's... Don't get your... Don't make more work for yourself. Just give her the yarn, I guess. He, uh... You see him cast a spell on the yarn, and he goes, Oh, all right, this is perfectly fine. Um, yeah. Um, right. I don't know what that was all about, but, um... I guess good yeah, luck I'm to you. Yeah, I'm not quite sure either, but I'll work it out. And he escorts you back to the main gate. I wanna... I wanna huddle in my office, and I am shaking. Let's go to the spirit realm. Let's go to the spirit realm. Magical. <laughs> Woo. Uh, Julie cannot act on this information, but we will still act it out as if it was happening. And I guess I won't put in that either, because that guess just won't help it, because it won't help any of y'all, and you guys won't really know it, because you can't really describe it to you. So, you all hop in the spirit realm. This is kind of, I'm going to just do this as a one full story, but this kind of is broken up between your different missions. And the first one that you guys get to... Um, you all hop into your spirit realm. Nelson, have you been to the spirit realm before? I think we mentioned that he hadn't yet. Okay. So your first time would be like right before this this mission to Mexico? Yeah, he's always wanted to, but I don't think he has. Okay. And you all kind of hop in, Julie obviously not doing it for these times, and uh, you guys begin to sink into your avatars. Hello, this is your DM here. DM obviously stands for Death Masks, the Jim Butcher novel, I guess. That's what I got on my desk right here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of You Might Be Wondering How We Got Here. If you like what we do and you listen to the show, tweet about the show and rate us five stars on iTunes. Uh, and use the hashtag YMBW. And guess what? Little guys and gals and everyone else will put your name in the show. So go ahead and tweet about the show using the hashtag YMBW. That's the hashtag symbol. Letter Y, little M, letter B, letter W. Uh, and go ahead and raise five stars on iTunes and we'll uh, pull your names, your gamer tags, or whatever the hell else you put in there. I literally named the character Llama, so you know what the bar is set to. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, if you want to follow us what we do, and we're, we got a couple of special projects. I, I keep on saying that, but they are in the works. Uh, go out and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YMBW Podcast. And if you also like what we do, we have a Redbubble where you can buy some of our merch there. You can also buy us a coffee, ko-fi slash YMBW Podcast. Uh, I think that's it for this week. Uh, keep a look on that Instagram and Twitter as always. And thank you so much for listening. And I'll let you get back into the spirit realm. It is night. It is dark. It is terrifying. 
a battle has finished waging and casualties have been created. You see Fosco on the ground leaning over Garnock. Robert, you bastard. What are you doing here? And you guys see that the Warforged now stands there, almost in a deactivated state that Robert had kind of brought with him to fight your group. He seemingly has abandoned this Warforged creature. Uh, would you like to describe your, your new form? Or yes. Nelson's new form? Yes! You see a android-esque Warforged robot. She is a little over seven feet tall. She is... Massive, just absolutely plated out. And you're not seeing a lot of human body elements. It's more mechanical, like more armored out, kind of like a mech. And she's like a ghostly white. And these sort of very, you wouldn't think that pink would be a threatening color. It's quite innocent, but it's scary on her. And over her chest, where a human heart would be, it says T1 and K. Tank. Yeah. And you guys fought this creature. Robert was kind of using this as a diversion to try to take your group out. But now this creature kind of stands there deactivated. Remind me. I'm sorry. Remind me one more time. I know uh, Julie. Julie is Clarissa. Clarissa, who is a fighter. Yes. A human fighter. Uh, Gar- Cash was Garnog the Great, who was a barbarian. No, half-orc rogue. rogue. Half-orc rogue. That's right. Half-orc rogue. Robert was the little weasel boy, wizard boy. Uh, El- Elven. Was... Yes, elven wizard. And then who was the fifth member? Is a female bard? I can't Female remember. halfling bard, Fosco. Fosco. Fosco Forges. And she is leaning over and crying over Garnog's body. And Garnog is kind of barely holding on right now. She is kind of laying there. Uh, she's bleeding out, but you can also see like these kind of sickly green and black veins bulging out from her side. And Fosco kind of goes, Robert, you fucking bastard. We need to get Karnok to a... We need Karnok to a cleric. There, we got to do something. Is he dead? He, he won't last much longer. Oh, we've, we've got to do something. Gimel, can you do anything? Where are we? You guys are in the middle of this forest. You guys were making your way back to the capital with the earnings from your last mission when Robert uh, Robert kind of left your party to go kind of explore the cave, and that was kind of the last you heard of him. Um, and this time he came back with a warforge and just randomly attacked your party and somehow poisoned Garnog, who kind of jumped in the way, protecting you and Fosco, taking two poison-tipped arrows. I'm already find like clearing a spot to draw a teleportation circle please hurry um clarissa please uh where did robert go robert kind of just fled after shooting garnog and well you guys beat him off and then fought this fought uh this this kind of war forged tink is sitting just in a neutral position tink just for your kind of perspective you were a, you were an assistant to one of Robert's. You've you've met Robert before. You were an assistant to a, a separate wizard, and then Robert killed your wizard, and then took over your mind, and you were bent to his will. And you're only now kind of coming to the realization of what happened. Gimel, you finished drawing the circle. Garnog is uh, at death's door. Clarissa, what are you doing? 
I is it would it be possible for me to tail Robert? He's fled for a while now, and he actually uh, you saw him like teleport somewhere. Uh, you could try to, but it would be kind of hard. All right. Well, you have six seconds. Go, Fosco. Fosco goes. Just just take Gornog back to the capital. Get him to a cleric. We need to we need to contain this this beast. Find us. We need to take him in for questioning. Sure. Uh, I grab Garnog by the just like the collar and drag him through the portal. I have six. It's activates for six seconds. Yeah. So you teleport through the portal, and just for story's sake, you manage to get Garnog to a uh, a chapel. The poison that has been kind of infused into Garnog's system is one of almost permanence. The only thing they can do is kind of put him under a holy animation, a uh, holy like a coma. Yes, essentially, a holy coma. Yes. Garnog is kind of stuck in this this kind of trance for now. You see Gimel kind of teleport away. Uh, Gimel, you manage to get him to a cleric. Uh, Fosco sets up camp and is going to try to tie you down, T1NK. Tink is going to stand up? No. I don't trust you within an inch of my life. Clarissa, help me out here. Uh, of course. Um, and the two of them kind of advance on you to uh, tie you down. What do you do? You will be unable to restrain me. Like hell I will. What? What is this thing? I'm not sure. It's some kind of mechanical monster. I am a highly advanced killing machine. I don't really like the sound of that. I have been reprogrammed from my primary. Primary. Who, who, who is your master? Primary. Objective. This thing is bugging out, too. No wonder it joins sides with Robert. I have been effectively neutralized. What the hell does that mean? I I believe neutralized means in a dormant state or ineffective. I get what it I means, Clara. I am no Clara. longer a threat to you. Please don't call me Clara. Clarissa, sorry. Thank you. Uh, what the hell does that mean, though? We just watched you hurt and tried to fight us? You almost I killed me? I know that! No, I'm talking to the robot, Clarissa. Oh. I am no longer a threat to you. Well, look, it says it's not a threat. It just tried to kill us. You're just going to take its word for it. Well, it it's, it's doesn't have a mind of its own, does it? it? It just does what it's told to, so we just need to tell it to do something else. How do we know that? Yeah, sure, Robert may be able to control it, but he's he's got away with words. How do we know this thing won't just keep on rampaging Excuse through the countryside? Excuse me, I have away with words myself. Listen, Clarissa, I get it and all, but you don't understand these arcane things like we do. Well, that's rather judgmental now, isn't it? If it would make you feel better, I can enter temporary sleep mode. Yes, please do that. Initializing. All right, and Tink gets down on their knees and puts their hand on their lap and just sits on their haunches and closes their eyes. Your eyes actually, so the way um, they kind of, uh, what's it called? Well, uh, I mean, so Warforged the light from the light behind kind of... the eyelids, well, like, quote, unquote, eyelids, okay, yeah. shines through. <laughs> yeah. Got you, you, okay, yeah, because you still, you still you remain me, aware. Like, is, this a, like is, this is it humanoid? State. Yes, it is humanoid, a humanoid. she's fucking massive. Like, she's okay. huge. Yeah, it's like, it's about seven and a half feet tall. Well, I don't know what you, did you actually roll for it, or am I just talking out of my ass here? What, what's, she what are we, what are we fucking doing? She is 72, yes. So she, seven, they, it, it, it all Yeah, works. all of it. Uh, and it's just a massive thing. You see, uh, <laughs> as soon as this thing settles down, Fosco goes, all right, this is our chance. Uh, Clarissa, get me, give me those chains. Here you go. 
and uh, Fosco begins to kind of wrap them around you. T1 and K, do you do anything? You're aware of this, but you're kind of in this resting state. No. Okay. They are kind of tied up, um, and Fosco goes, all right, we've, once Gimel gets back, we'll, we'll take this thing into the capital. Why don't we just take it there ourselves and meet him in the capital? It'd be so much easier. I don't know about you, but I can't carry this thing. Well, I could try. <laughs> uh, do you want to, like, try it now? Just, like, yes. picking it up and try it? Okay, make, a, make an athletics check. Okay. Fifteen. Fifteen? You... Uh, this thing isn't budging. It's so heavy. Babe, <laughs> can you walk? She's out. Yeah, doesn't respond to you. I think it's going to sleep. Well, that's unfortunate. Here, um... Let's do this. You want to uh, trade off watches and I'll, I'll um, set up camp and all that. Um, actually, here, I'll do this. And then uh, she kind of makes a couple gestures with her hands and this kind of dome apparates around you guys. And she goes, that'll, that'll protect us for the night. Yeah, let's, let's take watches and uh, rest up. I can't fucking believe Robert. That fucking bastard. I'll find him. My special skills. <laughs> and I will kill him. <laughs> Uh, eventually, Gimel, you uh, you guys kind of rest up for the night. Gimel, do you, as soon as you drop off Garnog, do you start trekking your way back? I told you I acquire a horse. Okay. Uh, you acquire a horse and you uh, make your way back. It's about, I'll say just with like the ritual that would have taken to put Garnog in this kind of suspended animated state. You, you kind of make your way back and at about dawn, uh, right when um, Clarissa and Fosco are kind of getting up. Uh, as well as this machination. After about six hours, those eyelids open, and she just sits in that position for the rest of the night. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, that would happen during Clarissa's watch. Clarissa, do you do anything once you see those kind of eyelids open? Good morning. It is still considered night. Do we have time four, zones? It's in, like in, four in the morning. The time is 4.08 in the morning. Well, that's very helpful, thank you. But that's besides the point. Can you walk? Yes. And she gets up, stands. Okay, can I wake Fosco, please? Okay, yeah, you wake Fosco, and Fosco's like, What the hell? That thing woke up? Uh, yes, and we're going to walk back to the capital together. Okay. Tink sort of flexes and tries to break the chains. Do not make do a, that. Make an athletics check? Yeah. Can I level my sword at it? That is a 26. 26? Mm-hmm. You hear tink, and the chain just kind of break and fall off. They would hinder my mobility and range of motion. You are going to walk in front of me, and you are not going to do anything funny. Very well. And she starts walking. What is the destination? To the capital. The capital. Her, like, face sort of freezes as she does some calculation. 24 miles due north. You guys groggily begin walking towards the way, and then Gimel kind of appears after about an hour of walking. I stop on the horse, seeing that the, the robot's in the lead. Like, what the fuck is this? It's walking I, itself to the capital. I cannot... I don't fucking know. This thing is fucking crazy. I don't... We got to... This thing needs to be either dismantled or, or tried. I don't know. Yes, but I can't carry it, so it's going to walk itself there. I would like to make an arcana check. Okay. Oh, that's a seven. 
So seven. Um, you don't know a lot about uh, the Warforged. You've heard of them. You've seen maybe one in your travels uh, this entire time. This is only the second one you've seen. You don't know a lot about them. The other one was made out of what is a uh, Tier One NK made of? She is mostly made up of mithril plate. Gotcha. Uh, most the one that you saw was made out of like wood. Okay. So this is She's definitely like a much ready. sleeker version of that. Yeah. Much more streamlined, aerodynamic. Okay. Um. Look, I, uh, I suppose I can take a look at it uh, when we get back. I'm not as uh, well-versed as Robert, but... Uh, Do you know anyone else who could be of use? I think I know a guy. Um, <laughs> what's everybody's passive perception? My passive perception? 16. 18. 18? 18. 12. 12. And let me roll. Uh, Fosco's would be... Okay. Tink and Clarissa, you both hear a slight and you guys kind of take a look back and you see stalking in the trees, two wyverns and then kind of stalking behind them, the the riders of those wyverns trying to sneak up behind you. What do you do? Um, hello, sir. Are they within shouting distance? Uh, yes, they're, they're about uh, 40 feet away. Tink is going to ready an action. In her inner arm, well, a panel in her inner arm opens up, extends out, and a javelin feeds into her hand. And she readies to throw it if they make any okay. signs of aggression. Clarissa, what do you do? Hello. Can we help you? As soon as you kind of turn and notice them, they both... And begin to lunge at you guys. Let's roll initiative. Unnatural 20. 7. 17. Oh, boy. You see the two wyvern riders kind of mount their steeds and begin to aggressively towards you guys. Uh, first up is uh, Tink. You can make your attack because you prepared it. All right. I'm going to throw the javelin at the furthest wyvern rider. The wyvern rider? Yes, the furthest one. Okay, cool. That is a, that is a 26. 26. That hits. Uh, roll damage. Okay. I have to write a how to fight as Clarissa guide for myself because there's so <laughs> much stuff. Six. That is eight points of damage. Uh, you said the wyvern rider in the back. Okay, that that's your that's that. First up is Gimmel. You have two wyverns and two uh, wyvern riders now mounted. Yeah, sickening radiance is what I want to look up. Sickening radiance. I think I just remember that off my head, but it's I believe it's a Constitution saving throw, and then they get points of exhaustion. Okay, 120 feet. It emits. A uh, 30-foot radius. Uh, can I catch all of them in no. it? They are kind of flanking okay. each side of the kind of tree line right now. Uh, the tree line itself is about uh, 20, 30 feet across. 30 feet across. Okay. It's a wide road um, you guys are traveling on. You're traveling on the main road. Sure. I'm going to set up a sickening radiance on the front wyvern and rider in between us and in between us so like so that the back one would have to go through it to get cast. okay and i quicken spell so i can cast a second spell all right uh what is uh, it they what do they need to do constitution constitution saving throw okay uh, but booty i'm not i'm not rolling that die for these people anymore uh that is a 13 you have to beat an eight, 18 Thir- uh, but and the wyvern itself 13 again but yeah, so booty. they both take 40, 10 radiant damage, and they both suffer a level of exhaustion. Gotcha. Roll the damage. That's 
9, 15, 18, and uh, 25 points of radiant damage. Hot dog. All right. And they all get one level, and they both get one level of exhaustion, and it gets to sit there. I've quickened spell, though, so I can cast another one. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, Scorching Ray. The guys want to... I'm going to sh- fire two at the Wyvern in the back and one at the Rider. All right. Two at the Wyvern, the one that you didn't sickening, Ray? Yeah, the one that I didn't hit. The ones that I haven't hit already. Okay. And one at the Rider? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That I haven't hit. Yep. Uh, so go ahead and make... three attacks... The first one is a probably not going to hit because I rolled a two, but it's plus 10, so 12. Uh, does not um, hit. Second one at the Wyvern is a 19. That hits. And the one at the Rider is a is a 28. Ah, uh, that hits. Oh, wait, no, 29. Sorry. Yeah, those all hit. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, yeah, the, so the, the, the one at the Wyvern and the, uh, the one at the Rider hit. Uh, so roll 2d6. The, the Rider takes... Four points of fire damage, and the wyvern takes three points of fire damage. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, you you send off two bolts of fire. One of them kind of just careens off of the thick leather hide of one of the wyverns. Another one kind of scorches it uh, as you kind of send another one, and the other one kind of nicks the side of the rider as he tries to duck out of the way while staying mounted on his steed. Up next is... Uh, the wyvern. You see one of the wyverns swoop down, the one on the left swoop down and is going to go directly towards you, T1 and K. Okay. Um, and it's going to two attacks, one with its bite and one with its stinger. First one with its bite is booty hole. That's not going to hit at oh all. That's God. a natural two plus whatever the yeah. hell. No. <laughs> uh, and the one with its claws, I'm going to roll these die. There we go. 16 plus 7, 23. Yeah, that hits. Okay, you're going to take you take 11 points of piercing damage. Uh, sorry, 15 points of piercing damage, and I need you to make a Constitution saving throw. Okay, con save. Yep. Yeah, 14. 14. Are you immune to poison? Yes, I believe I am. Uh, so it would have poisoned you, but because of your immunity, it just kind oh, of strikes you. Oh, but I also have you. advantage to being poisoned. Oh, are immune. you resistant or immune? Resistant, and I have advantage. Okay. <laughs> so I can roll that twice. Yeah. That was save 18. 18? Okay, yeah. yeah. You you managed to struggle off that poison, and you are not poisoned. The Wyvern Rider is uh, going to take a swing at you from his mounted position, and he strikes you with... Oh, he makes two attacks. The first one with the uh, Lance is a 20 on you, T1 and K. Oh, shit. Yeah. A 20? Yeah, that hits. Yeah, okay. And the second attack he's also going to make on you is 11. That misses. Uh, so you take six points of piercing damage and constitution saving throw. Is this the poison? Yes. So advantage. You with advantage. Okay. Wait. 21. 21? Yeah, you managed to shrug off the poison effect from this one. The the two wyverns that are in the sickening radiance are going to move out of the space and going to... So just a, a quick thing. Uh-huh. It says when the creature moves into the spell's area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there. Uh-huh. So I assume what I did with the damage, that would be its turn. The starting its of its turn, turn there, there, yes. For this round. Yes, for okay. this round. And um, then, yeah. And it's going if to... If they move into it for the first time. Yeah, and it's going to uh, move out of it, and the wyvern is going to strike, because you guys are kind of clustered in the back there, the wyvern is going to strike at you, Gimmel, and the wyvern rider is going to strike at Clarissa. So the wyvern for you is going to take a bite from you, Poopoo garbage. That is nothing. That is Jack Diddley squat. That is what is it? Ten. Nope. Nope. <laughs> and the stinger is a twenty-two. Yeah, that hits. Okay, I, I hope so. 
I'm also going to need it to make a, a, a constitution or a, a dexterity saving throw as I cast Hellish Rebuke okay. at second level using my uh, special abilities. That is 8 plus 4, 12 points of damage. 12 points of damage. 12 points of piercing damage, and I'm going to need you to make a constitution saving throw. That's a 25, something something crazy high. Okay. Uh, yeah, you managed to shrug off the poison effect as the Wyvern Rider kind of swings its uh, pole arm down at you, Clarissa. Oh, it needs to make a deck saving throw. The wyvern? Oh, yeah, I'll make that one. Yeah, I've cast Hellish Rebuke. Uh, that is, what is this, dexterity saving? It is a 17. A 17? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that doesn't do it. Okay. So it's going to take 3d10 fire damage. Uh, that's 20 points of fire damage. Okay. And uh, I cannot use Hellish Rebuke again, because that is a, uh, a tiefling trait. Gotcha. You you hellish rebuke it and like flames out uh, around it and it kind of singes the edge of its wings, but it still looks pretty fine. And the writer's going to take two strikes at you. The first one was a twenty-one for you, Clarissa. Uh yeah, that's that beats beats me. Okay. Eight points of damage from that one, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. That is a uh twenty-two. Twenty-two? You're fine. And it's going to make another attack at you with the same Ugh, that's only a 12. No, okay. not with my armor. <sighs> it strikes at you, but it careens off your armor, and you guys are fine. Up next is Clarissa, your turn. Yeah, so I want to rush forward. Uh-huh. Are they in the air yet? Yeah, uh, so they're kind of floating above you now. He kind of landed a little bit to, like, on a, a nearby tree. Like, the, the wyvern itself was perched on the tree, and the, the rider kind of struck you from the side. But, yeah, they're... How high are they? Just like five feet off the ground. Okay, I'm going to jump. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to slash them with my sword. Okay. Make, uh, I mean, how many attacks do you have at this point? I have three. Three. Go ahead and make all three of your attacks. I actually have uh, 3d20s right now, so. I dropped one. I will find that and, one later. And what are you, who are you attacking? Are you attacking the rider or the wyvern? The wyvern. Okay. So first attack is a, is a 16. Hits. The second attack is a critical 19. Oh, yeah, you get a crit for the 19, yeah. Oofa doofa. All right, that hits. But, but well, it's a critical, it, it's a 19, but with that's not including the bonus because I rolled a 19. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, but you, you crit on a 19, so yeah, that hits. I'm just letting you know, so. Yeah. And the last one is another 16. Okay, yeah, all three hit. Roll damage with your okay. critical for the second one. Got it. Okay, so the longsword does a d12, actually. What do I add to damage? Uh, just your Nothing. strength and your, uh, you had your strength and I think it's a plus one sword, so plus one. First one is 15 damage. Okay. The next one is 22 damage. Oh, cause you doubled, yeah. Oh my God. It right. was an eight times two plus yeah. five. Oh my God. Uh-huh. And the last one is 12 damage. Oh my God. 49 points of damage there you to go. this wyvern. You Ooh, just carve into it. Uh, the wyvern kind of lets out a harsh scream like, and begins kind of flapping its its wings, trying to kind of get out of your area, but you just kind of keep on carving into it. Up next uh, is Fosco. Fosco, uh, seeing kind of how the things have turned, Fosco's actually going to cast Hold Monster on the other wyvern. Let's make a wisdom saving throw. And fails. Jesus. So that wyvern over there that on the left is now stuck in place. The rider is not sure what's going on and is going to give, let's see, 
Gimel. Uh, actually, uh, Clarissa, because you're carving into this other wyvern, yeah, it's going to give you I'll a, take a it. point of inspiration. Or a what? die. Uh, an inspiration die. Oh, thank you. You see you're kind of playing tunes and, and yelling out to you to kill that wyvern. Up next is T1 and K. Okay, Coolio. So Tink is going to reach a hand back towards where her spine would be, and a panel is going to open up, and she is going to pull out a great axe and take that in both hands, and... She's going to run towards the wyvern that is up in the air. The one on the tree that's being held? Yeah. Entering rage mode. And she's going to make two <laughs> attacks on that one. Yes, it is paralyzed, so go ahead and make your attacks with advantage. Oh god, okay. That is a 28. That hits. God mode engaged. <laughs> <laughs> and a 26. Those all hit, and they are all criticals because if a creature is paralyzed, it's a critical hit if it's a melee Oh, attack. yeah, baby! Oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> 10 plus 6 plus 5. So that is 21 for the first one. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So it's 20 plus 6 plus 5. So it's okay. 31. Well... Goodbye, and then 14 plus 6 plus 5, 25 there. So 31 and 25. Okay. On the first one. And then I took the okay. path of the Juggernaut, and I'm going to use my feature Overwhelming Cleave. Upon reaching 10th level, you wade into armies of foes, great swings of your weapons striking any who threaten you. When you make a weapon attack while raging, you can make another attack as a bonus action with the same weapon against a different creature that is within 5 feet of the original target and within range of your weapon. The other wyvern close enough? Uh, no, but the rider is. Well, here we go. The wyvern rider is not held though, so you do not have it. Okay, that's fine. Just gonna get him. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm, yep. That is twelve. Twelve. Uh, that does not hit. Okay. The wyvern rider raises his shield, and you just cling right off of it, scraping into the tree behind you. Next up is Gimmel. Yeah, so describe to me one more time where all the wyverns and stuff are. There's one right next to you. The wyvern is perched yeah. on this tree, uh, and the rider is kind of hiring Clarissa while the wyvern is striking you. And then about 20 feet ahead of you, uh, you see T1 and K just carving into this wyvern that Fosco kind of held into place. Okay, so I'm. which one is the one that I sickening radianced already that has a point of exhaustion? Uh, that would be the one... One in the tree. Yes, the one that is now currently attacking you. Okay, so I'm going to use Heightened Spell, burn three more Sorcerer points. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and cast my new favorite spell in the game, Scatter. The air quivers around five creatures of your choice. You see within range, the, an unwilling creature must succeed on a wisdom saving throw to resist this spell. You teleport each affected target to an unoccupied space that you can see within 120 feet of you, which would be in <laughs> my sickening radiance. Except for the guy on the wyvern in the tree, I want to pop the wyvern out and have that guy fall to the ground. <laughs> the okay. Because that would be funny. Okay. Uh, uh, so the three, the, wiv, the held wyvern and his guy, and then the wyvern in the tree. Okay. They all need to make wisdom saving throws. Were there only two damage. wyverns? There's two wyverns. And one And then is... a wyvern rider. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, what do they do? Wisdom saving throw? Yep. Okay. All, but all at disadvantage. Yep. That's a 22 for that one. Uh, and a 13. <laughs> okay. So well, the, he he's teleported. 
that one just fails. So that rider is in the radiance. And then the you did the wyvern below the rider, but not the rider itself, right? Yeah, but not the rider because I need him to fall out of the tree. Okay, like and he fails too. Stupid poop. So they all all fail, and they all uh, enter the sickening radiance. And it says for the first time they enter. Well, uh, if it's their first time or they start their turn there. So the two that haven't been okay, in it, they you. both So take just it. this one. And then the other guy will also take, and then the other wyvern will also well, take Well, no, the one next to you have been there. into it. So there's just the one river that needs to do it right now. What's the save? 19. Oh, uh, wisdom saving throw. Wisdom saving throw. Okay. Uh, it only has they a plus have. one, so no. Oh, wait, no. It's concentrate. Constitution. Constitution. Okay. Constitution. That is I'm an 18. Scatter. Uh, yep, meets it, beats it. So they do and not take it. Takes, it. Yeah, it does not take it. Okay, so they will have to do it on their next turn. It is their turn. Again, they'll have to take it okay. again. Okay, yes. so they all need to make constitution saving throws. The first one, that is only for the wyvern. That is a 13. That does not do it. No. Uh, the other one it also failed. And the rider, better constitution, uh, that is a 23. So the, the rider is fine, but the two wyverns take this damage. 18 points of radiant damage and an extra level of exhaustion. Okay, so that one gets one point of exhaustion, and this one gets... And they both take 18, you said? Oh, also, did the guy fall out of the tree and take falling damage? Yes, he will. I'll, I'll do that on his turn here. Um, I will say, for the purposes of this, uh, both Wyvern Riders fall because uh, that sickening radiance was in the air, so I'm going to say they both fall. They both take... Uh, that one takes six, and that one takes one. And they've been separated. Ha-ha! Okay, cool. All right. It is the... Oh, uh, mm -hmm. I would also like to move over to Clarissa and touch Clarissa and move two runes, uh, two glyphs of Aegis onto you. So anytime you take damage, you can now roll 2d6 and subtract that from the damage you take. Thank you. There you go. Up next are the two wyverns that are stuck in this thing. The other one moves half its speed, which is 20 feet. Oh, no, it has a fly of 80 feet, so it can move up to you guys. You see the two wyvern riders whistle at these uh, things and then point to you, Gimmel, and they're both going to strike you now. So they're both going to bite at you first. I'm just going to roll these together. First one is a 20. Yep. And the second one is a 9. Nope. You take 14 points of piercing damage. I actually take I actually take 6 points of piercing damage as I use my runes. To okay. Deflected. Make sure you're marking those off. And you will also... Uh, and then they're both going to use their stingers on you. Oof. <laughs> that is a 26 and a 25. I mean... The natural 19 yep. and natural 18. All right, you will take 11 plus... Do you want to have runes back? 15 and... Uh, 7... Uh, plus four is 11, so you take 26 points of piercing Holy damage. Holy shit. mother of God. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Holy hell. Two constitution saving throws. Wait, what's 70 minus 26? That's 44, yes. Oh, fadufa. You uh, might have enraged these these wyverns. <laughs> I fucked them up a little bit, and it's fine. <laughs> Con save is a unnatural... Oh, 21. Okay. And second one? Oh, right. The second one's a 13. Boy, howdy. And you also take... <laughs> oh, my I'm just God. Roll this on the computer. That's too many dice. That's what that means. You also take another 24 points of poison. Uh-huh, 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 yeah. Uh -huh. And I need you to make a constitution save, uh, concentration saving. Oh, diggity dog. 
with which is now so that's twenty. Uh, you have to beat yeah. You have to beat a twenty six. Uh, well, uh, my first roll is an eighteen plus seven. Uh, that's a twenty five. Fuck. Mm-hmm. And my second roll, since I have advantage, is not a twenty five. Is not so twenty five didn't do it. Twenty five. Unfortunately, that does not do it. You lose uh, sickening radiance. Sickening radiance. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, also their points of exhaustion are gone. Oh, okay. Wow. It only lasts as long as the spell is up. Jesus. Okay. And the two wyvern riders are going to run up to you, T1 and K, and uh, make four attacks on you because you are big and scary. <laughs> that is a, what is it, plus seven? So that is a 12. Miss. 23. Hit. Uh, 25. Yes, that hits. And a 17. That just hits. Okay. So you take... Oh, my God. 24 points of slashing damage reduced okay. to 12. And I need you to make three constitution saving throws with advantage. Three constitution saving throws with advantage? Yep. Okay. The first one is a 28. Passes. 23. You pass. And Whoa, holy shit. I can't believe that just happened. 24. I just okay. rolled... Two 19s, two 14s, and two 15s. Yeah, you're, you're fine. You are perfectly fine against this poison that is uh, kind of starting to pump through you now. Uh, up next is Clarissa. So who can I attack from where I am? Uh, I like, mean, who you, can I... You could... If I... Yeah. You're right next to Wes, so you could reach both of the I'm not next to Wes. Or, you know what I mean, Gimel. <laughs> so I can attack both wyverns? Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, okay. Which one are you attacking first? Or are you just going to attack all three on one? Or are you going to divvy it up? What are you doing? I'm going to... Well, how how's the one look? Uh, they both look pretty bad. I'll do two on one and one on the other. Okay. Okay. So that is a... Oh, goodness. A 17? Uh, 17 hits. That is a 22. That one hits as well. And that is a 25. Those all hit. Uh, roll damage. Get them, boys. Get them, get them. Okay, first one is 17. 17 Next points of damage? Next one is 12. So the first, on the one wyvern, I do 29 damage. 29 points of damage. Oh, my God. And on the other one, I do eight. Okay. Uh, that one that you kind of carved into did two hits. That one looks like it's on death's door. <laughs> okay. And yeah, it's gonna, it's it's really, really looking bad. It's gonna try to fight to the death. Up next is Fosco. Fosco is going to look at how bad you are, uh, Wes, and is going to Wes? cast. You know what I mean, Gimel. And it's going to cast. Oh, is that the only one that bards get? Never mind. Is going to cast Healing Word at you at a bonus action. So you get, it's not, it's not much, but it's something. 16 plus, uh, 16 plus 6 is you get 22 points of healing back on you. That's juicy. Thank you. And as her action, she's going to cast Hold Person on one of the Wyvern Raiders. Wisdom saving throw. Ah, oh, and they pass. Uh, she, You see her kind of reach out her hand and try to hold one of the Wyvern Raiders, but it just kind of shrugs it off. T1 and K, your turn. All right, let's boogie. I am going to attack the sickly looking one once. Which one? Which sickly looking what? The wyvern. Okay, yeah. I'm going to attack that one, and then I'm going to attack its rider, and if I can get to the other uh, one... You would be leaving... So the wyvern's over by Gimel and Fosco and Clarissa. You'd be leaving the two riders, so they would both get opportunity attacks on you. 
Okay, so hold on. I'm just going to attack the two riders then. Okay. Go for yes. it. Okay. Okay, so one, and then the other, and then I might go back for the bonus, depending on how I do. Gotcha. The first one is a 17. Does not hit. Okay, and the second one is... A natural 20? That hits. <laughs> okay. So, 13, and then I'm going to add my brutal critical. Brutal critical, yes. So that means I roll another d12. Add it to that. Hot dog, baby! So that is... 23? Yes, 23. All right. Okay, and that was for the, the first one, and you have, are you going to do your bonus action to yes, hit the I'm other one? Yes, I'm going to hit the other one, yeah. Okay. 19. 19, that does not hit. You see it careen off, you you kind of swing at it, but it kind of raises its shield above its head and uh, knocks your, your attack to the ground. Okay. Up next is Gimmel. So both wyverns are right on top of me, yeah? Pretty much. Within a 15-foot cube, you would say? Um, Let me see the size of a wyvern real quick. Also, how bad do they look? I know I'm throwing a lot at you. One of them looks real bad. Uh, they You can't get them both. I can't get them both? Okay. No. Then which one looks better? How much better are we talking here? You, I mean, you can't really tell. They just both look bad. All right. Well, uh, quicken spell, uh, dimension door. Um, okay. Back 60 feet. Uh, and then I'm going to point uh, which, whichever wyvern looks better less bad uh-huh. i'm gonna cast disintegrate okay yeah on, let me just you don't off. even need to roll for that well i need to hit roll to hit is it a hit i thought it was a dexterity saving throw pretty sure yeah, it is a dexterity saving throw yeah so it does 10 d6 plus 40 damage so um <laughs> that that you see that wyvern just poof uh which one did you hit the one on the left or the one on the right whichever one looked better you cannot tell uh, the one on the right the one on the right? Okay. That one turns into ash. And it's gone. Fuck you. Is what he says. Um, and that is that one. It's gone to ash. Up next is that wyvern, the one wyvern that's left. It only sees Clarissa. Right, I mean, it sees Fosco. Oh, I also, just for reference, I did have to cast that at a seventh level. So that is a seventh level spell. Yeah. Because I already used my sixth level on Scattered. So, just, like, so it's going to attack you, Clarissa. Actually, it's going to hit Fosco. Because I think uh, it, it sees whole person on the thing. You know what? Do it. Oh, my God. That hits. Takes constitution saving throw. She's fine. Yeah. Uh, it stabs Fosco, but she's fine. And it is the rider's turn. The two riders take a look at the situation, and they both begin to flee. Uh, you get to make one opportunity attack, Tink. Oh, yes. Are you making it the one on the left or the one on the right? The one on the left. Okay. Yeah, that's a 12. 12? Yeah. Okay, that misses. Um, And they both dash away. Clarissa. I get an opportunity attack. No, they are not near you. Oh, man. They were only near T1 and K. Okay, so one wyvern is dead? One wyvern is dead. One wyvern looks on death's door. Yep, I'm killing it. Do it. Okay, that is a unnatural 20. Okay, a... you kill it. <laughs> Great, <laughs> There's thank no you. need to roll die or anything. It is dead. Yeah, that one is gone. Uh, do you want to do anything else with the rest of your turn? I can't run, can I? You can run up to your speed, which is 30 feet. I want to chase after the people. Okay, you're you're uh, you're about, let's see, 60, so... Yeah, you're, you're still about 40 feet away from them. Okay. At a distance, Fosco reaches out again with another hold person. They need to make a saving throw, catch one of them. They still pass. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, they are fine. T1 and K, your turn. 
am going to make another two attacks, one on each. You have to move 60 feet. Do you have that movement? Uh, no, I don't. So you can make ranged attacks? Yeah, I am going to drop my great axe on the ground, and that panel on my arm is going to reopen. Another javelin mm-hmm. is going to thread out and feed into my hand, and I'm just going to throw it at one of them. Okay. Uh, throw two, but one and then the other. Okay, cool. Make uh, two ranged attacks. One is a 19, and the other one is a 14. They both miss, actually. Yeah, They okay. both careen off their hard oh, leathers and their hot shields. Garbo. Yeah, you see T1 and K throw two javelins kind of with almost like lightning speed, and they just both, blink fall off of the two riders. Gimmel. How far away from me are they? They are, at this point, 80 feet away from me. In which case... I'm going, and they're fleet. How bad do they look? The do uh, they I, don't look I... terrible, but they are without they are without their seeds, so they think that this is probably a good time to ski that. Okay, so I'm gonna quicken spell one more time, one more big juicy time. And I'm gonna go ahead and dimension door to about 15 feet in front of them, and then gotcha. cast hypnotic pattern in front of them. Okay, hypnotic pattern. They need to make a wisdom saving. Got you, got you, got you. If they, it, if you're immune to being charmed, if they're elves, if they were elves, though, I would know. I think, and not cast. Uh, so they are, so they are wearing these kind of leathery masks that are covering their face. You can't really tell what they are, but I will do this. Yeah, you see them kind of sprinting away. Uh, one of them, actually, you know, uh, uh, shit, I didn't need to cast Dimension Door. Hypnotic Pattern has the range. Ah, uh, you said you did it. Yeah, it's all right. Can I at least retcon that I, could I cast myself a little bit farther away from them than I was? Yeah, sure. Yeah, could I drop so myself has... like 40 or 50 feet in front of them? Yeah. This one has advantage. <laughs> Poo-poo. Uh, what is that? Plus. Has an 18 to beat, so. Yeah, let me see what their pluses are. That one is hypnotized. Attacking a one... 16th level adventuring party? No, not wise. <laughs> that one is an 18. Plus one. So, 19. So one of them is not charmed. Uh, hypnotic pattern, what does that do? It's been a minute. Uh, they're it's just like... incapacitated for a minute. They turn into a big baby. <laughs> charmed for the duration. Yeah. Incapacitated speed of zero. He just okay. sits down yeah. and starts sucking his thumb. Yeah, the one on the left who is a little bit taller stops and slows down. And the one on the right just keeps on dashing away. And so I am that in one front just... of them, though. So I am... Okay. Uh, he's going to try to kind of run around you because he can. The, the What's his is... speed? Because I'm 60 feet in front of him. Speed is 60. So actually, he's going to run off into the into forest. The woods. Yeah. Yeah. And so that will cut his speed down to half and be there. Okay, cool. But yes, the other one is just there sitting down, sucking his thumb. Clarissa, what are you doing? Can I keep running? Yep. Can I go to the one who's sucking his thumb and handcuff him or something or restrain him? Yeah. Time to a tree. Time to a tree? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't resist at all. He's completely uh, hypnotized, so... Okay, yeah. great. Uh, you tie him up, and he is there. Fosco goes, all right, um, I, I don't know where the other one went, but uh, we Anyone can take this one He's right there. He's one. only 60, 60 feet away. He's right there. He's right there. Let me see, actually. He disappeared. <laughs> can I, should I, I should be rolling perception on this. Yeah, you should. That's a 17? You do not see him. Damn. Oh, you're right. He's gone. Oh, shit. Sneaky yep, yep, boy. Yep, yep. Tink picks up her battle axe and starts making her way to the incapacitated 
Ryder that they have. Ah, no, the fuck you don't. You fucking, you see Fosco kind of stopping in front of you. No, you fucking don't, you fucking monster. You're going with us too. I must neutralize the threat. Uh, it's not a threat, it's a slave. You just keep walking to the capital. And I, I level my sword at Tink. The capital. 16.2 miles due I mean, north. I mean, uh, it did help us in the fight. I, uh, I don't mean to, to pry into what's going on, but uh, it did it help us. It still could be dangerous, but... Oh, uh, did you see that thing? It's absolutely fucking dangerous. It's just... <laughs> you, you know... This uh, thing needs to be either dismantled or something. I don't trust it. It, it tried to attack us. I would not appreciate that. Shut you up, don't you. get a say in it. Eventually, you guys kind of make it to the capital with this guy in hand. He's kind of struggling the entire time, but you manage to subdue him with the chains that you have kind of tied around him. And this is just towards the end of your first Spirit World story and like a series of them. Eventually, you guys get to the capital and Fosco offers up Tink to go on trial for the aid and the, the, kind, of, the kind of destruction of Garnog. And the trial kind of ensues, but one of the uh, assistants to the wizard that your master was from comes and vouches for you, and Fosco, with a humph, accepts that you will be free. T1NK, you've been kind of released, and you're kind of on your own now. Your master has been slain due to the wizard that then enslaved you for a while, so you're kind of just on your own, and uh, Gimel kind of approaches you. Uh, where is Tink? I'm, I'm actually curious. What is Tink doing? Uh, I think she's by... I mean, okay, so where is the capital located? Is it by, like, a coastline it's in this or a kind of, um, range? It, it, It's built on the ruins of an, of an older city in this valley. It, it doesn't make sense to be as it is because it's in a pretty indefensible area because all around it are these kind of hills that steep down into this, but it's, it's managed to keep itself. Uh, I think for Tink is sitting on, like, a grassy hill watching the shepherds move their sheep around the, the hills. Gimel walks up behind you. Hey there, big fella. Hello, Gimel. What's, uh, what's she doing up here? I am observing the livestock. Does that, does that bring you joy? Well, I suppose so. Or rather, as close as I can get to joy. <laughs> well, that's nice. Uh, look, I had a, uh, I had a question for you. Would you like to join me? I'd love to. And, uh, Gimmel sits down next to Tink. What was your question, Gimmel? So, with Garnog incapacitated and Robert being a... a right prick, uh... Yes, a right prick, as you put it. <laughs> We're, uh, kind of in the market for a new team member, as it were. Uh, there are plenty of qualified individuals at the Adventurers Guild in the center of the city. Yeah, but they're not quite at what we're looking for. We're looking for someone a little more advanced. Oh. We're, we're, I, I'd like, I'd like to think so, that we're a bit of a step above the average adventurer. What, um, what do you like to join us, Tank? Are you sure that the rest of your friends, team, compatriots... Party members? Yes. 
They would be accepting of me? Oh, Clarissa would get used to you for sure. I'm not quite sure about Fosco, but uh, I think she'd come around to you. I think she'll come around to you. Hmm. I saw the way you fought against those wyverns. You're be a real, real beast. That is my primary objective. Well, not to be an animal. Do you have a secondary objective, Tink? She kind of tilts her head and kind of freezes for a second. And then her head tilts back. No, I do not. I am unsure what it should be. Would you like one? Since I have no other, yes, I would. I clap Tink on the shoulder and say, How's about saving the world? That seems like a lot. These are just kind of the flashes you guys get from going to the spirit world, back and forth and back and forth. Your party establishes themselves as this fighting force that protects the kingdom. More and more Riven Riders have kind of started to impede, and you think that there's something coming, and it does, because you find out that this Wyvern Riders were actually doing reconnaissance for an adult black dragon that was trying to come and expand their domain over this hill valley hole. And you guys eventually fight off this draconic force and save the kingdom. And then you save the kingdom from itself because there was a, a lot of talks on the inside of the kingdom about making war with another kingdom across the valley. And you kind of barter peace between the two and establish yourself not only as a fighting force, but as a diplomatic force. And as you guys continue to grow and develop as, as people and as a party, you decide to bring along others to help you defend. I don't give a damn. I think calling it a club just doesn't make any sense. I mean, a club does sound rather... unextraordinary. It sounds brutish. Well, that's what it is, isn't it? It's a club. It's a club. It's where we're hanging out. We're fighting monsters. It's a club. It's a club. What, is, what Tink, else is it? Tink, can you tell Gimel that it does not make sense for it to be a club? It's not a club. It's, it's it, it, we're, we're making a bigger group than that. Plus, it, a club just kind of sounds too... It sounds like what it'd be in the tavern. Club sounds a bit social to me. Perhaps we could use the word guild. Ah, yes, I like guild. Yeah, but guild, we're not big everybody, enough for everybody a guild. calls him a guild. guild is about wages exactly. and this is exactly. about something bigger. This is about something bigger. Well, fine we're, then. A band sounds a bit rude. And also, that's what I used to be in. A band is like a music thing, you know. Haha. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Everybody kind of all at the same moment takes a pause. And I think everybody goes at the same time. Society? 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 I think we have. Well, it sounds like we're in agreement. I believe that is a majority. (laughs) It's still social. It's close enough. You know what? It's close enough to a club. I'm fine with that. And you guys establish yourselves as the society. And as such, you guys kind of both protect society and foster it. And you teach other magicians and bards and fighters and barbarians how to kind of live their lives and protect the society both the entity that you guys have created but also the entity that you guys work in and eventually one more threat has been threatening the society it started slow at first and it didn't necessarily catch the ire of you all but it kind of worked its way up the lower ranks towards the council which is now you three you guys can move to your level 18 characters now the investigation branch of your society has 
informed you that there has been strange creatures perusing the outside of the city walls. And they have been hurried and strange and erratic and dark. It's pure darkness. And suddenly a cloud of darkness appears over the city. And it is time for you all to, as the council, move out and protect your land. Fosco goes, we haven't. Clarissa, your your dreams, plus all this other things that I could keep on thinking of. I've been having them too. You Something have? I have. It's not necessarily as... Which dreams are you talking about? Because the ones, they're... your premonitions. Your... Oh, okay. And you, you, Clarissa, have been having these kind of strange dreams. And in fact, one of them, I, I don't know if I, I will tell you this because Clarissa would know, but Julie can't know this and yeah, yeah. therefore sure, won't act ahead. on it. One of your dreams was you. And this other you was was so much larger than you. And it, it kept on growing and growing and growing. And you realize that you weren't feeling this kind of sickening pressure that you were. But then you realize that pressure is building on the back of this growing entity. And as it grows, it kind of begins to consume it. And the only way for you to remedy it is to join together again. And so you do, and that pressure subsides, but it's still on the outside, but now you're more constituted. And I'll say for the sake of this, you, you kind of give a shortened version of that dream to the rest of them. And Fosco goes, I don't know what your dream means, Clarissa, and I, for all we know, it could be whatever mead you've been drinking of in the last couple of days, but something... I, I, excuse you, I haven't drinking anything. Okay, well, we all know, Clarissa, it's fine. We all do some drinking every now and then. I don't. Uncivilized. <laughs> I agree. Uh, <laughs> shut up, robot. <laughs> she kind of says, um, "You're jokingly. rude, little person." <laughs> she kind of uh, laughs and gives you a little um, elbow nudge. She says, "Something tells me that um, the fact that we haven't been hearing much head or tail of Robert in these past couple of years, something tells me that he didn't just go away. He's either of course he didn't. Why would you think he would? It's not in his character, now is it? Well, no shit there, Clarissa. If I wasn't even... All I'm saying is if I was an even villain, I wouldn't want to run away. I would buy my evil. time and come Something back. Something happened to him when we went to the cave. I think we need we to go back went to that to the cave. cave. I understand that, Clarissa, but something changed him. But when he went into the glowy light thing, he did do that. He was one of the ones who did that, correct? Yes, but yes. well, you also did that. Just I did. Out point out and you've had uh, some interesting times I've had that before then though I've had this my whole life oh okay sorry didn't know Um, it's it's rather personal we don't know what kind of magics or ties or entities he kind of got himself involved with once he exited all we know is that he's gone mad and we need to stop him would Tink know if Robert had used a certain kind of magic on her creator. Would she be able to identify that? Uh, you make an arcana check using Tink. To give him a little more information. Oh, great. Yeah, that'll be... Yeah, hey, swell. Eight. No. You were specifically there as an assistant to carry big things and do as you were told. You did not get a lot of knowledge from uh, your previous creator. Mm, that's a magic man. <laughs> um, well, why is it only us? Why don't we go and get some others to help us? That's I think that's a, a bad idea. I think that's I mean, a great idea. I, but we need to. Yes, I think that's a great idea. We'll take some of the. We'll take some of the. What What did we decide to call them? 
Interns? Init- initiates? Initiates? I don't even know. Society members? I don't know. Whatever. I we'll take some know. of them and, and take them up, but uh, I don't want them risking their lives. It'll be a lower risk if it'll be a lower risk if we bring a fucking army, won't it? I mean, that's very true. Uh, we'll see whatever ones are available. I mean, I'm sure others are out on missions, but we can take whatever we can get. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you all begin to kind of head out, taking this band of adventures. I'll say for, for the sake of this, you have like five grunts with you, uh, but you guys continue. Yeah, well, they're probably cool. higher level. Well, they're they're grunts for for the sake of grunts. Um, they might not be 18th level, but like you know. Oh yes, okay. That is that is very true. There is one specific person that you guys managed to bring. This person that has had your ire. They're not necessarily a full fledged member, but they're interested in this. Um, it's this woman. She's a she's a slender, dark skinned woman with this kind of dark hair, but you know her as the Phoenix. Okay. She is a very, very, very powerful uh, evocation wizard. Evocation, evocation wizard, but also has this curse of flame. But she decides to tag along as well. And you all eventually start making your way back to the path. And you, you kind of follow this path of darkness that kind of is emanating from this location. And as you move, it gets darker and darker and darker at, to the point where it's just constant night in this area. And you get to the cave, but it's no longer a cave. You see standing before you a dark, hideous mountain with blackness pouring out of the top of it, making it look akin to a volcano. But well, that new. looks bad. How did, how did we miss that before? Yeah, I was about to say, we haven't heard anything about this. We need, to, we need to... I would like to conduct a full uh, internal inquiry about the investigation team, because it seems they weren't doing their job. They seem incredibly incompetent. Is this... this they, they've always been incompetent, though. And they probably always <laughs> will be. <laughs> Classic investigations team. 